and welcome to the Words and Pictures podcast. I'm DJ Bowman-Smith and this is Words and Pictures podcast number 13. My guest this week is the multi-talented Jessica Bell. Jessica writes and she's also a musician and an artist and today she will be telling us about her new book called Can You Make the Title Bigger? which is all about book cover design because guess what? She's also an amazing book cover designer. At my desk this week. At my desk this week, I've been doing a bit of writing, but probably not as much as I should. And I've been doing a bit of editing and all that kind of thing. But I've also been learning a new social media platform. I don't know whether I mentioned this last week, but I've gone on to TikTok. Now, years ago, and I think I've mentioned this before, I did buy Mark Dawson's Ads for Authors course. And the great thing about this course is you do own it for life. So when they put on a new module, you get that automatically, which is great. Trouble was, I wasn't aware that the TikTok module had gone on because I hadn't really looked at the course. But when I was at this thing in London, the self-publishing show live, everybody was saying, have a look at this. Anyway, did the course really good. And obviously now I'm on the TikTok platform. When I'm chatting to my guests next week, you'll hear me talking about a bit more about TikTok as well, but that's another story. So the TikTok thing, now it is something that I've been putting off because I kind of thought, well, you know, I'm on lots of other things. And really, the social media does take up quite a lot of your day if you're an indie author like me. And actually, even if you are a traditionally published author, um, the social media is probably part of your life anyway. Yes, because it is, at the end of the day, social media does help sell books and it helps get your name out there and get your book covers noticed and all that kind of thing that you need to happen. So anyway, the TikTok thing. I'm having a little chat about it because, like I say, I would have been really put off about starting a new thing. And to be honest, it looks a bit complicated and I wondered if it was really going to be worth my trouble. Anyway, I got going on it and I have to say that I really do like it. And it has been a great deal of fun. And there's a really nice, supportive and friendly community of readers and writers on the TikTok platform. So if you're an indie author like myself and you haven't taken the plunge to get on there or in fact if you're a traditionally published author as well and you haven't taken the plunge to get onto TikTok because you think it's all a bit oh maybe not yeah I would encourage you to have a go because actually it is really good and it really is worth it I think the bottom line is TikTok is a lot of fun there's some proper funny stuff out there and lots of authors just you know having a go and pub you know publicising their work in some really unique and interesting ways and there's lots of little different things that you can use and try and muck about with and it is it really time consuming Mm, not too bad what I've found is I can put a little thing up on TikTok and then I can bounce it over to my the same thing that I've made I can bounce that over onto my Instagram account and then from Instagram I can put that into Twitter so really you can put one thing and then put it across those three things and I think you can add it into all sorts of other things as well and that's actually pretty good I'm not saying that that means you don't have to get on Twitter and Instagram and you know have have a proper presence there as well because you do but it does enable you to put the content out in more than just one place which I think is pretty useful especially if you're a bit short of time yeah, and I think video is the way to go, to be honest. Yeah, because it's just a bit more interesting. Anyway, so that's me on TikTok. And, you know, come and find me. You'll find me, DJ Bowman Smith, on TikTok somewhere. You know, doing my thing, being silly. You want to see me chatting away in the live or lip syncing to some daft thing. Or I may be even doing some dancing. <laughs> it's all good fun. Yeah, so that's TikTok. Right, OK, let's get on with the interview then. 
Come and meet Jessica Bell. She really is a very talented lady. Jessica Bell is an author and an artist. She writes poetry, memoirs, novels and books about writing. She's also a musician, an independent publisher and a voiceover artist. She teaches the business and craft of writing and I'm not entirely sure how she finds the time to fit it all in. Welcome to the Words and Pictures podcast, Jessica. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me, DJ. Well, you're a busy woman, Jessica. When do you get time to sleep? Or do you not bother with that bit? Uh, I try to bother <laughs> very much. <laughs> with a toddler also waking up through the night as well, it's very difficult to find time to sleep, but I do try. <laughs> yeah, I think creativity, oh, it sometimes gets on the back foot when you're um, a mum, I think. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you, you have to sort of pick your moment, I think, absolutely. Yeah, the oh, first so- couple of years, I, did, I don't think I created anything that wasn't going to make me money. <laughs> no well money money does help yes yeah Yeah. my my old dad used to say um, money isn't everything but it's a real nuisance if you haven't got any Uh (laughs) and I think he actually actually swore but I won't I'll be good oh okay I better be good then yeah okay Okay. well Jessica I found you because you've recently redone the covers for a lovely podcast Melissa Addy a guest of ours and I quite liked her covers before but when I saw the ones that you were doing and I saw them quite early on because I, I sort of know Melissa a little bit and I've, I've just been bowled out with these and then of course you've just written your new book can you make the title bigger and the bigger is written B-I-G-G-A isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's for my Australian accent <laughs> yeah can you, can you make the title bigger which just about says it all because you are a book designer book cover designer and you've done Melissa's covers and I saw them in your in you you sent me the pdf and mm. they look they look absolutely brilliant the book's great looks really amazing and Thank when, when does it much. come out October 11 I've got it sent out for early advanced readers at the moment so if anyone wants one just drop me a line by email yeah uh, and it's it's a really good little read I've had, I've had a bit I haven't had time to read it all but I've had a good skim through and you've really touched on some really useful facts things that authors need to think about when they're doing their covers what do you think we need to know uh as an author approaching cover design themselves or when commissioning uh, well commissioning i think yes i think they shouldn't approach cover design themselves unless they're art trained a little bit yes yeah i advise that too i mean a lot of authors will come to me with ideas of how they perceive their cover to look like and a lot of the time that will just not work on a book cover because you also need to research what is trending today and selling because readers will always pick up a book that they think is going to entertain them. So if they've read something that looks like that in the past, they're like, oh, I might like that too. So that's why you've got to follow the trends and uh, basically let be open-minded to what your cover designer has to say because they actually know what they're doing. It's not just about putting all the story elements on the cover. You need to attract attention. It's an advert. You've got your story on the inside of the book. The cover is to advertise it. If you think of it that way, it becomes a little bit more clearer. Yeah, I think that's a really good line. The cover's an advert. I think we all need to plaster that against our hearts, Jessica. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's very easy to forget that, and I think people sometimes try and put too much of their story yeah. onto the cover they're trying to tell the story in the cover but actually you're just trying to make it fit in with the genre maybe look a little bit different but you want people but to it pick has it to... up and look at the blurb on the back which will tell them what the story is about the cover doesn't need to tell them 
that needs to make them want to pick it up. Do you have a favourite genre that you like to design for? I love doing literary and poetry because I get to work with a lot of abstract concepts. It's not so uh, literal. Yes. Uh, and I can really be artistic with those. And because I'm a writer myself and I love exploring themes and symbolisms, I, I like to do that in my covers as well. So, But I do do all genres if necessary and I can do them all, but I really sink my teeth into poetry and literary. Yeah. And do you, do you always work alone, Jessica? Do you have an assistant? or I have an assistant, yes. Yeah. Um, I, depending on their strengths, uh, I will either give them a whole project or I will do the initial creative concepts myself and then hand it over for them to organise the ebook files and the paperback files and the hardcover files and put it all together once I've done the creative part. So, yeah, yeah, because I a think bit you, of get, a variation. you get to a point where you realise you actually can't do it all, don't you? No, and my yeah. bookings are through the roof. And I, when I realised I couldn't do it myself, I was thinking, gosh, how am I going to afford to pay an assistant? But as soon as I did it, I didn't regret it. I was able to take on more bookings and it covered itself. It was totally fine. Yeah, and also I think you can look at the look at the project as it's as it's developing and yeah. help help your assistant I mean, she, out and things I like mean, that. When she's designing, she's always sending me uh, uh, screenshots of it as she goes along and asking for feedback and everything. So it's more it's a group effort, really. Yeah, yeah, I think it's good. What do you think are the most common mistakes you see on book covers? Uh, we touched upon that before, trying to fit all the story elements in. Yeah. Uh, and really bad typography, just the typography. Yeah. Of image. Like it's, it's, authors will try and do it quick on Canva, and all they can do there is find a photograph and put the text on top. It doesn't work like that because to create a really appealing cover, you need to work with the text and the imagery simultaneously to combine them. It's not just about putting text on top of an image. Yeah, and I think different genres have different text requirements as well, don't they? The size and the fonts and all yes, that kind of thing. Sure. And, and if you get that wrong, you, sometimes I think you know, as an onlooker, you can't quite understand why that cover's not quite right. And so it's mm. quite often the text that's mucked it up, really. Yeah. yeah. Or using too I, many fonts. I see that a lot. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And often standing between the things standing between. Uh, uh, having a successful cover is the typography because sometimes the imagery would be looks fantastic but the choice of typography on it really just brings it down so yeah it makes a really big difference. I'm thinking about author branding here um I think sometimes a lot of authors or many authors write within a genre and mm -hmm. do you think it's important that they get their, all their book covers in whatever series they're writing or even if they write standalones do you think it's important that they brand it all and keep it all looking together or do you think each project's its own thing i would say i mean uh, there used to be a consensus that each author should follow an author branding for all books regardless of the series but i think it's developed a little bit more now and people are more open to changing it up between each series as, as long as one series is cohesive i think that's good enough yeah because uh you can you know you can always just find a font that works for your author name and use that but if you if you end up like I have a client Jean Gill who who writes in various genres and uh she's I've designed 32 
covers for her now. And she originally started wanting to create an author brand and I did and I just I, I designed her name kind of like a logo. But as time went on, we realised that that was not working with all of her projects. So we eventually had to scrap that idea and just focus on making each series cohesive. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Because I think each thing is its its own thing a little bit. And actually, I think if people like an author, they you, you don't tend to... No, they'll look for them. You look for them and you, you conceive, yeah. you know, if you like somebody's prose, you, you, you look across that. And I'm, I'm thinking of other authors that I like that have, you know, many projects and they don't all look exactly the same. No. Maybe there's some sort of thread that goes through, you know. Yeah, interesting. Interesting stuff. It is interesting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in your book, it's not just about the normal book covers that we see that a lot of indie authors have, like I myself have, where you've got, you know, an e-book cover and then a cover for um, the print on demand, the the paperback. You, mm-hmm. But in in your book, you're also discussing other stuff like special editions and foil and sprayed edges and all that lovely fancy yeah. stuff that I really hope I'm going to get to in a year or two you know I, I write dark fantasy and I'd really love to bring out some special editions at some point yeah. you know what what can you tell me about that kind of side of things because I think we don't really know much about that as indies no um I think it's only if I think it's only worth it to be honest if you have uh, uh good sales numbers for your initial petitions uh, and you have a strong fan base because those fans are going to want something special to hold in their hands that is related to you. So I wouldn't go bringing out a special edition if this is your debut novel and you've just started mailing list and you've only got 50 subscribers. It's not going to work and it's going to be a waste of money. So it's something to do when you think you've reached a milestone of yours and you want to do something special for your fans. Yeah, because it's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. And, and would you use? Would you advise like a small press or something like that? That kind of um, thing? You can always go to a local press if they've got offset printing. It yeah. doesn't need to be something online. Uh, you just need to look around your uh, where you live to see what's available and ask what they offer as well and check out the pricing. And usually it gets cheaper the more you purchase. So yeah. if, if you're going to do a print run of 50, each book's going to cost a lot more than if you do a print run of 1,000 because they have to actually create the plates for you and that costs. But once they're done, each print run after that isn't going to be as much yeah. money. Yeah, because you sort of think about the old-fashioned type of printing yeah. at that point like it used yeah. to be. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So, Jessica, you're a bit of a polymath, in fact, you're such a polymath. You've done so many things, as I read out in the beginning. Um, I, I almost don't know which bit to ask you about. Tell me about your writing. I think that's what, we, what we'd like to know. Basically, I started out writing poetry and songs because my parents were musicians, uh, and I'm also a musician. Uh, so it started with lyrics and poetry, and then as I went, uh, got to school and started doing English literature in high school, I fell in love with reading then and uh, just the way words sounded so beautiful when they were strung together so cleverly. I, I, I would I really thrive on uh, the way literature sounds and rolls around on the tongue. It's not, it's not, hasn't always just been about story with me. So I think when I first started too, 
uh, my first novel, I think, was way overwritten because I was trying to fit in a lot of metaphors and symbolisms and do what poetry did in a novel. But eventually I learned to tame that a little bit and uh, really focus on story. So it's been quite a development there for me. What are you writing now? Um, I'm working on a biographical novel about my Oma. I'm half German and my grandmothers uh, grew up in a very small town called Real during World War II. Uh, and she's got children all over the place and had relationships all over the place with soldiers. And so uh, before she died, uh, she gave me her memoirs that she started to write. So I have about 20,000 words of her story, which is very broken English. So I'm going through that, seeing what I can create scenes with, what research I need to do, and I'm going to um, blend that with the story of her death so that there can be a, a, a element in the present and sort of flashbacks of her past. So I haven't figured out exactly how it's going to work yet since we're still reading through her stuff, but I'm very excited about it. Yeah, sounds like quite a project. A bit, a bit yeah. more. Is it a bit more research than you would normally do? Do you normally just? Write? I never research. No, I, I don't. I just make. I just make it up. I just make yeah. it up too. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah, I'm too lazy. Occasionally, I might be like, "Oh, what's this called? Or where is this from?" And I'll Google it, but it's nothing extensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I never do like active. I might. I might read out of interest or find things out in out in you know because it interests me and then it kind mm. of finds its way into my prose but I, I don't actively research stuff yeah. I'm yeah. sort of writing something with a slightly science fiction bent at the moment but I okay. can't really be bothered to research it I think I'll just have to make it up yeah, well, <laughs> there's only so many hours of the day fiction, in the hour. it's, fiction. <laughs> it's fiction that's what fiction's for it's for making stuff up absolutely yeah, yeah really good uh, so what do you like best then so you're you're an artist and oh I know what actually I really want to ask you Jessica so uh, going back to Melissa's covers mm-hmm. do, did you draw those D- did you or did no. you use an image and then manipulate it or I did you commission used, somebody else or no what I did was use uh, um, numerous vector images that I manipulated and joined together things around five or six different images that I pulled elements from so yeah. uh, I, I work with imagery that's already existing. I don't illustrate myself. If someone wants a custom illustrated cover, I work with an illustrator. Yeah. Alongside. Yeah. yeah. Because they look like they've been illustrated, which I it's think is, hard, which I think is really clever. I think it looks. It doesn't look like I can usually tell. I feel that if stuff's been mashed together and it's got that kind of I don't know slightly overlayered look, bit photoshopped, yeah. you know. But but actually well, they they the look good. If you have the skills in Photoshop and Illustrator, you can you can create unique images with other images that is unrecognisable. Yeah. But I need to start some way. So yeah. Yeah. No, I always, in- I always do a collection. I, I create, I download a collection of stock images that I could potentially use, and sometimes I will find some that look similar and they'll give me an idea and I'll blend them together and say, oh, that works. Maybe let's see if I can continue that. So I look for more stock to see if I could do five books like that, and if I can, I'll, I'll start working on some on that idea. 
Yeah, because actually, but looking for the images, that's the time-consuming oh, thing, hard. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yes, because you're just skimming through loads and loads of stuff, even for the little bit that I do for my own stuff. You're sort yeah. of faffing about forever with it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I've just illustrated my own um, children's books. I also write under another name as a children's okay. author. And um, I, I kind of thought, oh, what sort of thing should I do? And in the end, I actually found it was quicker to draw the darn thing mm. than to actually fiddle about and make yeah. something more. You know, I just thought, no, I'm just going to go for little little black and white sketches, you know, pen mm. and ink. And I, and I just did loads and loads and loads of these. And then, you know, I tidied them up a bit and that was it. And yes. it, Because it was actually quicker than going through for a whole book, going through yeah, images and sure. manipulating them and trying to get something too perfect. I thought, I think I'll mm. go for something a bit freer but it, it looks fine it's all good yeah nice yeah so happy happy days so what does your day look like with all your all your projects do you do you do a bit of something of each project do you work in blocks do you go right today i'm a designer today i'm a musician today i'm today i'm mum today i'm <laughs> today i'm a publisher um, i kind of have to go with the flow because i've got different schedules for different things because i, I run Vine Lakes Press as well, it's a small independent press. So I have production schedule. I've got a team though there, so it's not all just me. I have a production schedule for Vine Lakes Press. I have a schedule for my design clients. Uh, Those will always come first. So whatever pops up in my email, you must complete this task today for blah, blah, blah. I'll do that first. If I finish those while my son is off with my mum, Still, um, I might do some thing for myself, like writing or my own marketing for my own projects. Um, but always the work ends up coming first. And a lot of the time I, I have gone through the week and I've done nothing for myself at all. And it's, it's, it's hard to juggle, actually. So music will always come at night time. That never is, interrupts my workday. So, Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I think that's the that's the trouble. I think you you throw in motherhood into the mix, and that's just another huge yeah. big thing, you know. And you're trying to trying to. I'm at the other end of motherhood. My my yeah. kids are all grown up and left home, and you know, grown up ladies, and and so you're not on that constant thing. I used to be a teacher and mum, and then I would write as well, and yeah. just trying to fit all those little pieces of yourself in. Sometimes I used to feel quite fragmented, like there was just too many parts of my personality. You know, I'm writing, I'm doing artwork, I'm yeah. trying to do my job and I'm trying to look after my kids and I don't know what other other things you seem to get involved in as a, as a, as a woman, as a mother, as a wife, mm. you know, and, and sometimes it is really hard to actually just take a little bit of a minute and think, actually, what would I like to do with this hour I've been given? Yeah, you know. that's also a problem because when he's having his nap, for example, on the weekend, uh, I think, okay, I've got potentially two hours for myself and there's so many things I want to do. I, I just can't pick. And then I end up wasting the whole two hours doing a bit of that and a bit of that without focusing on something because I want to try and fit too much in. So I yeah. have to really, really give myself a talking to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's I think it's it's a perennial problem. Absolutely, um, I, mine's got a little bit easier. It does get easier once they, you know, go go off to. Is he school age yet? He's he's not yet three. So no, okay, so he's still little little man yeah. at the moment. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think it is. It is very very hard to fit it all in, and and I think it still is. Dare I say, it's still a man's world. Yes, that's true. It is. It really is. Uh, you know, even. 
you know, everybody goes, oh, it's equality. And I'm like, no, we're not even vaguely yeah. there yet. We were certainly not in England. You know, it was yeah. always the lion's share of it all comes down yeah. to the mum. And I remember, seeing, I remember seeing this man on Facebook, someone posted about mothers versus fathers and there was uh, this one image that really <laughs> said it all. There's an image of a mother coming home with takeaway food and next to it a father coming home with takeaway food. And under the mother it said irresponsible parent and under the father was fun parent. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's absolutely. Just like, that's yeah. the perception of everybody about that's amazing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it, I think it's very true. I think yeah, you're always trying to be this perfect thing, and I think I think um, I've noticed when I've spoken to other other authors, writers, and artists, and different things is is that as women, we're trying to be we're trying to be perfect all the time, and then and then we suffer this kind of um, poster syndrome because we think mm-hmm. we're not perfect, we're not good enough, we're not good enough mothers, we're not good enough writers, we're not good enough artists you know, whatever else we're trying to do. And, and it's a very strange thing. We, we seem to be dealt a huge amount of stuff. And that and yeah. in the modern world, we do have the opportunity to do some creativity. But also, I think it's almost like Everyone we've still got everything else to do. <laughs> everything has to be done now as well today. There's no yeah. waiting it's, inc- it's incredible. I mean, you send an email and you expect them to reply within minutes, but... It's not, it's not doable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There's just, yeah, there's a, there's a lot to do. But anyway, we're managing it so far. Yeah. We're, we're still here. We're still doing it as best we can. What instrument do you play? Oh, I play guitar. Uh, yeah. Uh, I knew there was going to be a list. <laughs> a little bit of piano. Yeah. I started off with piano, but then I got interested in the guitar when one day, actually it's a nice story. When I was 12, my... Uh, Mother put her 12-string guitar in front of the front door waiting for someone to come and pick it up who she was selling it to because they had gotten a parking fine or something that they couldn't afford to pay, so they had to sell a guitar. I'm like, why are you getting... I opened it up and it was just in this beautiful red velvet case and I was just so intrigued. I was saying, well, why are you selling this? Don't sell it. And my mum said, okay... I won't sell it if you learn to play it. And I said, okay, deal. And from then on, I started learning the guitar by myself and I started writing songs. And I don't know how they ended up paying the fine. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's it. You know, you have to ask her that. I'm actually, sitting at a, I'm actually sitting at a piano, Jessica, yeah. that you can't see. I'm sitting at like a Yamaha thing. I'm sitting on a piano nice. still. I can't play. <laughs> I, can't, I can whistle really well. That's my thing. I'm sure um, you could do Especially some for the dog. Stuff. Yeah. And, uh, but no, it's my daughter's a musician and um, they're both quite musical. I, I didn't get the chance when I was young and I kind of always felt that perhaps if somebody had bothered to educate me, I could have done something with it. Mm. So I sort of made sure that the girls had music oh, lessons nice. and things. So I'm sitting in here amongst violins and a guitar and it's all round the floor. Here. Wow, nice. <laughs> yeah, so, but I can't do anything with it. Yeah, that's it. Writing's about my thing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. Do do things that you can do, like musicians and and artwork and all of that stuff. Does that does that creep into your stories? Oh yes, definitely. There's a lot of musical influences and uh, poetry influences and design. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't think I could do one thing without the other. I think they all feed off each other. To be honest, I mean, if someone asked me if if you could uh, be 
financially happy with just writing, would you quit everything else? No, put it my way. And no. the same with the others as well. Yeah. yeah. And and I think that's I think that's good. I think I think too often people are put into boxes and they're saying, you know, oh you've got to write in one genre. I get this a lot. You've got to write in one genre. Well, tough. You know what? I'm not. <laughs> and or you've got to stick to one thing that you've done. And 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 I think in the olden days, it's almost like a thing that's hung over from the old days where you left school, you started a job and you stuck it that until yeah. you gave up work. And it was, yeah. a, you know, people talked about a job for life. That was the goal, the job for life. Whereas, you know, nowadays we we do many things. I, I'm on yeah. career number four, I think, now. And yeah. and I expect the same from my kids. I expect they'll do what they're doing now for a few years and, and then yeah. think, actually, I don't want to do this anymore. And then they're going to change and, and nobody's going to fall over and faint. Yeah. We're, we're yeah. just going to think that's fine. Yeah. Well, book cover design is my main income, and I didn't get any training. I didn't do that in school or university or anything. I studied English literature. So I had no artistic training whatsoever. It just sort of came naturally. And uh, I was I was working as an editor for an English-language teaching publisher for around 15 years when I had started designing myself book covers for fun, and I realised, well, uh, I like this, so I'm going to try and pursue it. And I just quit <laughs> with like I could. I risked everything. I was earning a great salary, and I just no, let's do this. And it worked. And I had the stamina and motivation to do it. So I think anyone can really do anything they want to nowadays if they really want. If they have the motivation. Yeah, I, I think it's it's important. I think hard work is, you know, eighty percent of everything. To be honest, yeah. I, I, think, I think you know a lot and of people want, you, you see want it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, th- I think that's very true. And I think it's very much the the case in the writing space. I, I, I hear a lot of people go, oh, I, you know, I'd like to write. Blah, 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 blah. Mm. And you think, well, go on then, you know, or, yeah. they, or they get the book out there and then they kind of don't do anything with it. And I'm like, yeah. well, I'm sorry, but, you know, they go, well, I can't, I, can't be no. yeah, I can't be bothered with social media. Well, mate, you know, or I can't be bothered to learn the advertising or I'm like, well, you know. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, print a few copies for your family. And- <laughs> yes, exactly. Be done with yeah. it. Yeah, 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 exactly. I think that's uh, that's exactly the thing. If you could yeah. describe yourself, <laughs> if you could describe yourself in a couple of sentences, what what would you say? Probably something people don't really know about me is that, despite being very vocal on social media and I seem very outgoing and uh, I'm comfortable talking to people, I could spend a month in my house not speaking to a soul and be completely happy (laughs) (laughs) we don't keep the video but i'm i'm nodding and pointing to myself i i am actually i I once described myself to my children as a loner that got married and and that's the funniest thing because the jobs that i've done in my life have always been really sort of outgoing jobs i've been a teacher i was a hairdresser when i was very young you know i do this i do you know Mm -hmm. lots of stuff but um but actually, I can spend. I'm, well, my husband's just went to Ireland for a week mm-hmm. on his motorbike, and my kids said, "Oh, should we come down and stay?" And I actually had to put them off because I was so looking forward to just oh, having really? like having like ten <laughs> days to myself yeah. and just wandering around the house, mumbling and writing, and yeah. you know, drawing a few pictures in the middle of the night and things without anybody bugging me. <laughs> Although I do like the dog, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, it's been hard. Uh, um... Uh, getting used to having a toddler around and a, a baby 
like ever since he was born, I just feel like I have not had any quiet in my head. So that's been a bit hard to deal with. But of course, I love him to death, so I wouldn't change it for the world. But you know, sometimes you just need some space. Yeah, I'll get it eventually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think well, also like a, couple, my, a couple of years. Yeah, my my kids know me well, and they you know live with right to me longer than any other sort of me. Um, yeah. So so they're quite happy when I say actually you know what I've just got to go away now and shut this door, and everybody's quite used to that you know. But yeah. but I think it's very hard when you're when the children are little because they don't they don't really comprehend that you need no. some space you know. No. Yeah, you gotta have another. He's very, he's very clingy too. So, and yeah. when he's playing, I need to be very present and playing with him, and he needs yeah. to know that I can see what he's doing. So, yeah, yeah you got to write a children's a book. Uh, I might one day. That's a baby, maybe, isn't it? <laughs> maybe with him. Maybe with him. Yeah, I have a friend. I've my violinist partner, Amy McCracken, has recently written a kids' book with her son. Um, yeah, and it's amazing. And I think it's a really nice idea. I'm going to do that one day. Yeah, yeah, I think it's us. I, I had a friend who's an, who's, who's an artist and she did a story with her children. I don't know whether she ever published it, but she got her little girl who was a bit older than your little soul and she told a story and, and then she got the child to um, move natural objects like petals and bits from the garden and make things and then she drew around it and did all these fairies and things and it was amazing oh, and it was kind of like nice. a collaborative thing with her child so I don't know whether she ever yeah it was beautiful it was beautiful pictures yeah amazing yes well I think each new thing that we get to our life it brings a new creativity and, and motherhood will for you too I'm yeah. sure yeah that's a whole new perspective on the world really yes yeah yeah absolutely yeah well Jessica it's been lovely to talk to you you too, DJ. Thanks so uh, much. So wh- where can people find you, Jessica, online? Well, I think the best place to go is IamJessicaBell.com where you'll find links to all the different me's. It's kind of like a portfolio site. So just start there and you'll find what you want. It's Wonderful nice to, to talk to you. you. Yes, yeah. take care, darling. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. Bye, love. So that was great to talk to Jessica Bell about her new book, Can You Make the Title Bigger? She sent me a copy of the book before she before she came on air, and it really is a good book, so do take a look at that. It's in all the usual places that you need to find it. So brilliant. It really is worth a look. It's got some really key information, and it doesn't really matter whether you're um, designing the book cover yourself or you're going to have it done by somebody else. Um, it'll give you loads of information that you really need to know. So do have a look at it, and you can find it in all the usual places and links in the show notes and all that kind of thing. Okay, right, so next week my guest is... David P. Perlmutter. Now, David wrote Wrong Place, Wrong Time, and it's a true story about what really happened to him, about him being um, wrongly jailed and accused of a crime that he didn't commit. And it's a true story, and he wrote it uh, quite a few years ago, and it's become a very, very popular book, book across social media. And you've probably seen, if you're on Twitter, if you're on other social media platforms, you've probably seen David around. He's a great retweeter and very supportive of other authors. So we had a really nice chat because David and I share a common thing is we both are dyslexic. And so we both have a slightly crazy mind and we have a bit of a bit of a laugh about how, how we cope with our dyslexia and different things like that. And the other thing we talked a lot about, um, apart from the fact that his book is being made into a film and all that exciting stuff, we also talk about marketing and promoting yourself across social media as all us authors have to do. And how it is just a constant, constant thing of keeping it 
out there and in people's minds it never really stops and what hard work it all is so yeah have a have a listen to david he's got a lot to say and just fascinating as he talks about how his his book wrong place wrong time is going to be made into a film pretty soon and the process that they're going through in order to get that happening brilliant yeah Okay then, so this has been the Words and Pictures podcast. Thank you for listening and do come along next week. The Words and Pictures podcast comes out every Monday. Uh, if you go to my website, www.djbowmansmith.com, you can find show notes and lots more and about my books and what I write and all sorts of stuff like that. And you should be able to find the podcast across all sorts of normal places that you find your podcast. Recommend it to your friends. It's doing really well, but I'd like it to do a little bit better. So thanks for listening and... I'll talk to you next time.